Hello, listeners. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? It's going to be a scream. (laughs) Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. After so, so many times, you've heard our iconic opening. This is a little different, but my name is Eric Creech. We have Kyle Whitley and Ashby Brayman. We're here hosting the What the What podcast holiday season. Oh my goodness, this is this is weird. So this is actually the first one we're recording. It's going to be second in our like you know when it's released. released. You know, a little behind the scenes tidbit for you listeners. But this is the first time we're actually recording in like over a month. So mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to work all the kinks out. And I feels it, good. It, it does. It feels good. Yeah, it does. Um, we were supposed to start we're like closer 50. together. We got a new table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We were supposed to start we're fifty-four slimmer. minutes ago. <laughs> And, Look, like, we haven't seen each other in so long. On we're like, brand. We need to talk. On brand. Mm-hmm. We are on brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we're uh, very excited for our holiday season uh, episodes. Last week we discussed uh, our favorite Halloween songs. Today mm-hmm. we are discussing Scream, our first rated R movie. Yep. We're growing up, ladies and gentlemen. I finally, I finally reached that that pinnacle that I yes. was climbing towards. That of, uh, of adulthood mm-hmm. there. Yes. Yeah, to make this a non-family friendly podcast. <laughs> you, finally, <That's> you finally <laughs> done it. <laughs> well, before we get into all that, I need you to know there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive this podcast. First of all, you need to subscribe to us mm-hmm. on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And of course, you need to rate and review us. We only accept five stars or we'll call you asking what your favorite scary movie is Mm -hmm. so please do that secondly please follow us on social media you can find us on facebook you can find us on instagram you can even find us on youtube by searching for what the what media all All one word and you can also find us on the twitters on twitter at wtw underscore media and we would love that if you would, you know, share this with your friends, please. Mm-hmm. You know, please let your that. friends know about this. Please, that's right. Yes, call them. So, stalk them. As we mentioned Wait. earlier, mm-hmm. we are discussing the 1996 horror classic. I'm, it's 25 years old this year. I'd say it's a classic. It's a classic. Wow. That makes me feel old. The movie Scream, directed by Wes Craven, and as always, this is your spoiler warning. You haven't seen Scream? Well. Don't Why listen. haven't you? Why haven't you? It came morning? out in nineteen ninety six. I mean, they're coming out with Scream Five. Come on, people! In January two thousand twenty two. Okay, you need to catch up on all the screams, in my opinion. But definitely uh, make sure you watch this movie because we will be spoiling the heck out of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll be spilling its guts. We will. Ooh. That's right. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Well, you know. Kyle, as they say in the movie, live her alone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> get it? Get it? Liver. Liver. <laughs> I made a joke. All right. So, liver. Read the room, man. Read the room, man. <laughs> Read the room. So, let's dive into our recap of what happened in Scream. I'm not even looking at the. Um, at I'm not little, either. At yeah. The, at the synopsis right now, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it this week. I'm actually waiting for Halloween like season to watch this, but I remember it so vividly because it's, it's one in of your my soul. favorites. So we're going to go uh, from the beginning. Um, in Scream, you have a young Casey 
Uh, Casey Beckwith, I believe is her name. She's played by Drew Barrymore, who's mm-hmm. prominently featured um, on the marketing. All, all the marketing. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about yes. that when we get to yes. uh, everything. But uh, she answers the phone, and there's a mysterious voice on the other end. Wants to know, you know, if she's home alone. What's her favorite scary movie? She's about to watch a movie, and this guy starts threatening her. You know, I want to see. I want to see who I'm looking at. I want to see wh- who I'm talking to, or you know. And so she locks the door. She's freaked out. He calls back, says, "Hey, you hanging up on me again? You know, I'm gonna kill you." She looks outside. Her boyfriend is tied up, and the killer gives her, you know, horror night trivia, scary movie trivia. You know, you get it right, you, you live. If you don't, you die. And she gets one wrong. Who's the killer on Friday the 13th? Was it Jason? Was it Jason? No. no. It was Mrs. Voorhees who was the killer in the original Friday the 13th. Jason didn't come until the sequel. We're spoiling all the horror movies this I was about time. to say, I would not have gotten that right. Oh, uh, but... Luckily for Casey, there was a bonus question, but her boyfriend, Stephen Orr, gets killed. And she, uh, her bonus question was, which door is he standing at? And she doesn't know how to answer. The killer chases her around the house, catches up with her in the yard. She's trying to call her parents, and he stabs her and drags her and hangs her in one of the most scary Gruesome, the most the scariest image I remember from my, my childhood is seeing Drew Barrymore hanging from a tree in her own yard. Um, literally gave me nightmares as a kid because this movie came out when I was, when I was 10. So, um, what were you doing seeing an R rated movie? I was gonna say, how did you old? watch this at 10? Don't tell my parents, <laughs> <laughs> but I had friends who had older siblings who we watched this in the middle of the day, though. So, that's fair, still, that's fair, still, still scary. So, fast forward, we have Sydney Prescott. Um, who lives with her dad. Her mom was killed a year prior. Um, they believe they caught the killer, um, Cotton Weary. Uh, he's on trial for uh, uh, Maureen Prescott's murder. What Sydney's a bad mom. guy name. Cotton Weary? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I love, you know, well, spoiler alert, he ends up in the third movie as a celebrity. He has his own talk show called 100% Cotton. <laughs> So, um, I'll, Thanks, I hate it. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, and Cindy's boyfriend sneaks into her window, and they're talking, to, you know, about their relationship. Things are getting steamy. I should have put like a little like adult content warning at the beginning of this episode. I'm realizing now. Oh because yeah, we definitely there are should very have. Very adult. We things said happening. it was rated R. Yeah, there are very adult things happening in this movie. By the way, yes, um, and lots of never mind. So yeah, so Sydney goes to school. And this, as when any time there's any kind of tragedy at school, um, you know they bring in police officer, grief, grief counselors, um, lots of media, lots of media is there. You see Courtney Cox's uh, Gail Weathers. Um, she's not a meteorologist. Um, could have fooled me. Could have fooled me with that name though. Um, she's reporting. Um, she's someone who uh, re- uh, wrote a book on the Woodsboro murders from the year prior, uh, talking about Cotton Weary, where she has a theory that Cotton was framed. And that Sydney misidentified um, her mom's killer, um, but Sydney goes to school, hangs out with her friends, and they're talking about the murders. And they're just the city is just kind of, or the town is just, you know, devastated because there's been two losses of life. And what are you doing? I'm just letting you know I was on post social media. You wow. know, well, you, you need to warn somebody before you do. No, this is all <laughs> no, subtle. This is, so. you know. They would have never known, but now you've said it. I know. Well, anyway, so Sydney uh, goes home, 
you know, she's going to go. Uh, her dad's going out of town. She's going to spend the night with her friend. Um, and uh, her friend's uh, brother, Dewey, is a sheriff's uh, officer or deputy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, not, mm-hmm. not necessarily the sheriff himself, but a deputy. Um, and she gets a phone call at, uh, waiting for her friend to come pick her up. And she's like, I just got to the video store. You know, I'm thinking Tom Cruise, all the right moves. Uh, you know, whatever. And Yeah, if you pause it just right, you can see. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I wasn't going to go there, but you're right. <laughs> well, then the phone rings, and she's like, Tatum, just pick a movie and go. And he, the, on the voice on the other end, it's like, hello, who is this? And it turns out to be the killer. And the killer's in Sydney's house. And Sydney is like, she hates horror movies. She tell, tells the, the, the guy, horror movies are so stupid. I mean, it's always some dumb bimbo mm-hmm. who, you know, opens the door and then runs up the stairs when she could be walking out the front door, you know. Well, then she does just that. Um, she gets chased up the stairs, and her boyfriend is climbing up the window, and is like, I'm here now, I'm here now. And a cell phone falls out of his pocket. And she all of a sudden gets this scared, like, was it you? Because 1996, who had a cell phone in 1996? Okay. I don't know, did you? Oh, 10, and saying R-rated movies, yeah. did you have a cell phone? Let me, let me rephrase. Who had a cellular phone that's in 1996? That's different. Right, yeah. Because that's what they refer to them in this movie. Mm. Um, so the cops come, um, well, actually the cops are already there. Dewey is like, he found the mask and he's like, I found this and they're checking it out. He's reading Billy, the boyfriend, his rights. You have the right, the remaining silence. You have the right to an attorney. Anything you can be, you know, just doing the whole cop thing. Right, right. And, um, Billy's like, I didn't do it, Sydney. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. It wasn't me, Sydney. And they take him to the police station and, you know, they're questioning, what are you doing to sell your phone, son? Well, everyone has one. And, um. They're doing a trace on the number that called Sydney's house to see if they can figure out who it is. And Sydney's staying with Tatum and Dewey and her mom that night. Uh, she gets another phone call. Um, the next day, um, they are at school and they're talking about how they're going to put a curfew. So uh, there's going to be a curfew over the city at Sundark. Uh, there's going to be this big party, this big party at, uh, at Stu's house, one of their friends, Stu Mocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're planning, you know, this big party for all these high school kids um, after dark. Uh, lots of drinking, lots of, you know, just bad stuff. All bad stuff, y'all. That's right. Yes, don't do all that. And Sydney really doesn't want to go, but she goes because Tatum's going. And meanwhile, the principal, um, he gets killed at the school, played by Hen- Henry Wingler, uh, the Fonz. Uh, he gets killed at the school. And there's just this big mystery of who the killer is. Who is the killer? There's who, a lot of red herrings. A lot of red herrings in this movie. Well, they get there. There's some blonde browns, too. Yes, there is. Billy shows up to the party because he was invited by Stu. Billy's trying to apologize to Sydney. Their friend Randy, played by Jamie Kennedy, this big movie buff. He talks about the rules in horror movies. Mm-hmm. He says, first of all, you can never drink or do drugs. You know, they're all drinking. Like, yeah. He says, you can't have sex because if you do, you'll die. And then you can't say, I'll be right back. Because if you know if you say that, you won't be back. You'll be dead. And then mm-hmm. Stu says, I'll be right I'll back. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, at the party, uh, Tatum gets killed. Um, that's Dewey's sister and Sydney's best friend. She gets killed in the garage. Uh, she puts up a heck of a fight. Though. Yeah, she does. Heck Get it, Rose McGowan. Fight. I know. Love Ro- Rose McGowan. Um, Billy and Sydney... Uh, 
Sydney forgives Billy, and they take their relationship to a non-PG-13 relationship. The next level. The next level, right there in uh, Stu's parents' bedroom. He goes, you know, that's romantic. And, um, yeah. And then the killer shows up and kills Billy. I mean, and just, and he's got blood everywhere. And Sydney, you know, she's just freaking out, and she runs. Um, Gail is uh, there at the party. Gail Weathers, she's Mm -hmm. trying to, um, you know, spy on the party because she figures something's going to happen. Uh, she runs into Officer Dewey. They take a walk. They can't find Sydney's dad. They're trying to get in touch with him, but they find his car ran off the road. Turns out the calls were from his cell phone. Um, I mean, just so many things pointing to Sydney's dad being the killer here. They run back to the house. The party's kind of broken up. Uh, Randy's still there, and it turns out that Billy's not actually dead. It turns out that Billy and Stu are the killers. (gasps) And it turns out, not only were they the killers for all the killings in this movie, they also killed Sydney's mom a year earlier because Sydney's mom had broken up Billy's dad and mom's marriage by sleeping with Billy's dad. And so that was Billy's motive, you know. I mean. Stu's motive was, you know, peer pressure. It's a weak motive. <laughs> peer Stu's pressure. Stu's motive is even weaker. Peer I think pressure. really they're just absolute psychos. That's exactly what it is. Well, Sydney ends up getting the upper hand and saving the day. She uh, ends up taking care of Billy and Stu and She has help them. from Gail. Yeah, a little help from Gail Weathers. And um, Randy. Randy, um, who ends up getting shot. Right. Um, but he ends up surviving. Dewey, who ends up getting shot, he ends up surviving. Yeah. And the Gail's mo- cameraman not, doesn't not survive. Not so much. Sorry. Um, Sydney's dad. Sydney's dad does survive. So we do have a few survivors in this movie. And the movie ends with Gail reporting from the ha- night, uh, from the house. That's right. And Looking um, like a hot mess. Looking like a hot mess. Uh, Randy, I think, ho- is holding the camera, who's a champ. He got shot the night before. He's holding the camera. I mean, just like, okay. Um, so that's how the movie ends, with Sydney uh, finding out who the killers are. Cotton Weary is going to end up being released in the second one, from cause since he did commit the murder right. of Sydney's mom. Does he forgive Sydney? Uh, I think... This, yeah, I think so. We'll have to watch Scream 2. I know. Now out. I want to know what happens. Well, I almost started last night. I almost started the second one. Yeah. Scream, yeah. Two, Scream 2 is good. Scream 3 is not great. But you need to watch Scream 4. It's actually really good. Interesting. Okay. Like, Scream, like, and the funny thing, so let's go ahead and dive into like what worked the best in this movie. Um, this movie is, in a way, a parody of the horror genre uh, that all came before it. Um, it's a big... Who done it? Mystery. It's a slasher film. It's you know you got all the elements, but it's meta. They're talking about horror movies in the horror movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're talking about the rules of surviving a horror movie, and then they turn those rules on top of their head. Right. Um, when uh, Randy's like, "Look behind you! Look behind, behind you!" Behind you. And the killer's right behind him. <laughs> I mean, it's. I'm gonna be really honest. I. I, I got really into horror movies in high school, but, and I remember, I vividly remember watching I Know What You Did Last Summer for the first time, and I know that I've seen bits and pieces of probably Scream 1 and Scream 2, maybe not 3 and 4, but I, as I started watching this, I thought maybe some, like, sense memory would come back. From start to finish, I literally had no clue what was going to happen. It was like watching it for the first time. And it really holds up. I mean, the fashion doesn't because it's like peak 90s. Well, it's 90s. Uh, Cellular phones and 
you know, calling 911 on your computer. Right. Uh, <laughs> really high yeah. tech for 1996. Mm-hmm. Not so much now. Right. Um, but. It's really, it was really good though. It yeah. was very enjoyable. What did you think, Kyle? Um, I'm a little bit different from you guys where Eric saw it when he was 10. Ashby saw it at some other point. Growing up, we didn't watch scary movies at our house. And I don't know, like, it made me think about it. I talked with Erica and my wife a lot about this last night because we watched it together. Where I don't think it was a thing where my mom was very strict on, like, no horror movies. But I just don't think it was something that she enjoyed or my dad. Right. So we just didn't watch them. And then, right. honestly, like, I wasn't, I didn't have friends like Eric did, evidently, that could get me in, you know, nine years old when this came out. So um, I didn't watch a lot of stuff like this until I got older. Uh, but I married a lady that loves all horror movies and things, so this is what we watch now. If you know, if I don't pick something, which is awesome, I've come to really like these movies as well. Um, there's also part of it, like you were talking about, like I know what you did last summer, and some other ones that there's just stuff like that I didn't see growing up uh, until I probably like I was in in 2000 was like seventh grade for me, 99 2000. So in those, that's when I started going to the movies with friends, you know, somewhere in middle school. So I didn't see a lot of this stuff. So now there's a part of me that even though stuff is very 90s in this movie, where like, say the clothing or say other things, I just love it. Like I go back and watch all these movies like Scream, especially with just anything that came out in the 90s. Sure. Some stuff doesn't hold up by all means. It definitely doesn't. But not necessarily here, but, you know, in that genre in in general. But there's something about it to know that that was part of your life and your childhood and it's nostalgic. And I didn't see a lot of it. With all that said, come back to Scream. I didn't see Scream until probably at least in the last 10 years at some point with Erica. I think it was when the fourth one came out because didn't they like... It came out in 2011. Yeah, so 2011, that one was coming back out. Her and her friend Jade were like used to do like scary movie nights where they would rent a pizza and watch scary movies together. So whenever this was coming out, they were super excited. So with that, I had to go back and watch all of them before to find out what in the world we're even talking about here. Um. To not skip over Scream, like I really, I really love the movie. Last night I was the same way, where it's been a while since I watched it, so I really didn't remember who the killer was. I didn't remember much about it. Certain things would pop up, and I kind of remember. But something that's a real struggle for me is in 2000, another movie came out called Scary Movie, yes. mm-hmm. which was a spoof on all the different scary movies from this time period. Yes. So there's part of it that's really hard for me because I saw that so many times and didn't see this. Right. So, so then many when you times. see Ghostface. It's almost like your brain can't take it seriously. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So as soon as I see him, like, I imagine the what's up with like right. the tongue hanging out of the face. And like, there's just so many parts of Scary Movie that I keep waiting to happen in Scream. And it doesn't right. happen. When he's like hiding behind the couch. Yeah. Where am I? You're behind my couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so there's like so much of it that's not even necessarily the goofy part, that, but just parts in your brain right. that it's hard to distinguish. This was the spoof movie. This was the real movie. Because something I really like about this movie too is Ghostface isn't like some invincible monster, say that like Michael Myers is or Jace Voorhees is, or Freddy uh, Krueger, you've got a guy that multiple times falls over, that he gets hit with things. He gets hit with a freezer door and falls down. Like He's not some perfect, indestructible horror like right. killer that's right. out. Whereas you see that in a lot of scary movies that like sometimes they move really slow, but right. you're not going to stop them. Like, they're constantly right. indestructible. Right, yeah. Or there's like a supernatural quality to yes. them. Whereas he clearly... But it's interesting because at the end you find out that you know, Ghostface is two people. Sure. And that it's 
teenage boys. Yes. yes. So, like, it makes sense then. It does. He, you know, like, it, it was so funny when he was in the bathroom, mm-hmm. in the girl's bathroom, and you see the boots and the jeans come mm-hmm. down, and then the, like, the ghost face costume yep. comes over it. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, you know, you know it's a person in the sure. costume, right? You know he's not actually a supernatural entity. Mm-hmm. But you're like, now I kind of feel like I've seen under the yeah you know it's very interesting it was it was there were some parts to it where i was like i feel like this movie was doing a lot of things that were sort of like genre breaking mm-hmm. in a lot of ways for sure well let's talk about that the opening scene yeah it's because great because the opening scene you you drew barrymore mm-hmm. by far the biggest name in this case at the, yeah mm-hmm. at the time too mm-hmm. she's definitely a at huge the time star. she's a huge name she plays casey uh mm-hmm. in that you know she's got that white cashmere sweater she's right. home alone about to watch a scary movie. She's got popcorn on the stove, which I'd never seen before. That blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, like now or at no at ten year old? Right, right, right. Okay. You're like you put oh my popcorn gosh. in the microwave. Yeah, that's old duh. Um, but then the phone rings and things take a turn. She's, you know, right. Notwithstanding her boyfriend, because you know right. whatever Stephen Orr. Right. She's Ghostface's first victim. Mm-hmm. Right. Killed in the first ten minutes of the movie. Barrymore was, was the biggest name. She was billed top on the front billing, of the poster. Mm-hmm. Front of the poster with everybody right. the else. The trailers were cut to make her seem like the main character. And she was picked off right away. Right. Which tells you right away, right. Scream's not playing by the rules. Right, because you mm-hmm. can't kill the main character in the first 10 minutes. Everyone is, po- you know, everyone's, yeah. you know. It was shocking. Yeah. yeah. Everyone could be killed in this movie. Right. Nobody's safe. Um, you know, it successfully right. you know you know satirize the clichés and the tropes of the mm-hmm. horror genre right while still legitimately being thrilling yeah. and turning it up on its head a little bit right you know you had you know the boyfriend the bad boyfriend um, who was obviously going to be a suspect and then they quote kill him off which turns out to be fake right mm-hmm. and right it was corn syrup you yeah. know, same thing they used uh, for the blood in um it's also really interesting the way that they used like, we talk about red herrings, mm-hmm. and then we realize that some of the red herrings actually weren't red herrings. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I, so the very, one of the very first scenes where he's trying to convince her to, like, you know, make out with him, basically, mm-hmm. on the bed, and he comes in through her window, and her dad's there, and she's like, you gotta go, or whatever. I was listening to the music, which was very light mm-hmm. in the background, and I was picking up the lyrics, and I was like, that sounds really familiar. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it took me a second, and it's a stripped-down acoustic version of Don't Fear the Reaper. Mm -hmm. And so then you realize at the end of the movie, you're like, okay, so even then, they were giving us hints, right, that Billy was involved. Like, that part got me so much that I kept thinking about, like, but I didn't think deep into it. I was just excited to recognize the song and, like, what it was. Totally didn't. Right, yeah. Until now, like, right right the second. Because why would you, even though it's an acoustic slower version of the song why would you play that song in a scene that's supposed to be romantic mm-hmm. it was so interesting like some of the things they do they did were really clever absolutely um i really like the idea of like so last year uh during uh when covid when i say covid was at its height it's back at its height but um when covid was still new um me and uh our friend sean mcgovern um, I, I had him come over to watch these movies because uh, he'd never seen them. He's a big horror fan. He's never seen any of them. So we watched Scream. And the whole time, he's trying to figure out who the killer is. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. like Clue, but with, you know, gruesome slasher you right, know, right, murders. Right. Um, and he was just blown away to find out there's not one killer. There's two killers. Mm-hmm. Like, that was 
just you know unheard of. You know, at the time, you usually had one kill, you, and you knew who it was. It was Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. It was Michael Myers. You know, or it was some kind of supernatural entity or whatever. Um, but two killers. Um, right. Just you know, that blew his mind. Like, oh, I had no idea what there was two. Right. Like, you know, you know, I think it's the boyfriend. No, I think it's the dad. No, mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's the police chief. Because it was a red herring that the police chief. Yeah, and I thought it was like, the principal for a second, yeah, too. Yeah, the principal, too. I mean, the, the, they pointed. Right. And even Randy says in the video store, everyone's a suspect. Right. Mm-hmm. And you legitimately thought it could be anybody except for Yeah, Sydney. and then Tatum at the very beginning is like, well, it could be a girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tatum and um, Stu are arguing over whether like uh, it would like a girl could do take, all that. Well, and he's like, it takes a man to do something like that. And she's like, or a man's mentality. Right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you know, right. someone who could try to think, you know, whatever. And um, so, I mean, literally, if the finger could have been pointed to anybody. Yeah. And then you look at, if you watch it again after seeing sure. it the first time, you see all those pieces. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're trying to piece together, well, who could, which. Well, and I honestly, I wasn't sure if we were going to find out because I was thinking, you know, there's four screams, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't sure, like, the, the fact that at the end of this movie, you think it's tied up in a neat ball Mm -hmm. right like a neat little ribbon and it's like everything's done we figured out who it is you know so that's why i was like well wait a second i know that i've seen other scream movies so like then how do they keep the ghost face thing going so then i was like well now i gotta keep watching and i'm not gonna spoil you know much about scream 2 scream 3 scream 4 but i I will tell you this so scream is a satire you know on the entire horror slasher genre scream 2 um, breaks the rules again, it, it follows up with the rules of sequels. You know, and mm-hmm. Randy even says in Scream 2, by definition, they're inferior films. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. But, like, so, you know, but they have rules for sequels. You right. Know, you know, the body count, you know, is higher. Anybody can die. Just because you survived the first one doesn't, you know, they literally go in. And then Scream 3 talks about the trilogies, you mm-hmm. know, where even, like, the main, you know, girl or whatever, you know, if it's a trilogy, it's you know, it's you know, define you know, that means it's the end, and that means no one's safe, not even you know, Sydney, right? You know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Right. Um, and then Scream Four, which comes out eleven years later, talks about reboots and remakes, mm-hmm. and it, it really flips things on top of itself. It's all very and meta, there. and it, which it, it is really nice. it does such yeah. a great job with the meta commentary too much, right? on horror. You know, it does, it's on the nose, but not too on the nose. Um, and it, like I said, Scream 3 is a mess. I still recommend it, like, just for completionists. But in Scream 4, like, mm-hmm. I'm really surprised. Like, I know it did a lower intake uh, at the box office or whatever. Um, but Scream 4, in my opinion, is the second best Scream film. And they, like, it's so good. And, okay. Um, even, like, me who studied, you know, loved the films, you know, could usually pick out who the killers are. Right. I was legitimately shocked at Scream 4. Okay. Like, now we just, have to watch it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you need to watch all, you know, you let know me know. You know what I was thinking about at the end of this movie that was really interesting is, you know, with I Know What You Did Last Summer, Scream, Jason, Freddy, there is this killer that has some kind of motive or purpose or mythology mm-hmm. behind it. And when we got to the end of this movie, I was like, oh, no, these guys are just psychopaths. Mm -hmm. And that's somehow scarier. Like that scene in the kitchen where they're stabbing Mm -hmm. one another, it was horrifying because you're like, oh, these guys have no regard for human life. Like Mm -hmm. there's clearly something wrong with them. 
you know, and that was almost more terrifying. Sure, than something supernatural. Right, right. Well, and the thing is, they even, like, there's some meta commentary in that scene, too, where Sydney's like, y'all watch too many scary movies, and they're like, don't blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. They make psychos more creative. Mm. I, I mean. And, like, how can you argue with that? I mean, right. Well, back yeah. to like, the whole meta thing, too, like, and you briefly talked about it, but I just love how if you're if you're just hearing this, so you haven't watched it, you're just hearing us mention that, all of a sudden that could come across that, oh, this is just cheesy. Like, they keep constantly like, well, you can't do this in a movie, so you better, or, or this is going to happen. Like, it's not cheesy at all. Like, the no. way they integrate it, it's like, it's in there, and it's kind of just putting it out there for you, but it's done in such a way that even as they're doing it, like, you don't take off as like, oh, it's a stupid, cheesy, funny movie. How scary a movie or a spoof movie would be. Like, they really handle this in such a way that, yes, it does call out all these other scary movies. And she even calls that at one point, like, talking about she doesn't like scary movies because they're all so stupid. Because instead of running out the front door, you run upstairs for some reason or whatever else. And it's the same way. Like, you feel frustrated watching some of these scary movies. Like, why are you running up the stairs? Right. Why are you in the dark? Like, yes. all these dumb things that you would not do. You right. know, and so they don't. So they they are creative in their way that they don't go the typical route of like I'm going to run upstairs and get killed in the dark. Like they are smart about what they do, but they actually are just calling out all these other things at the same time. So don't come across if you haven't seen it and been like, well, that sounds cheesy that they're constantly talking about what it would do or wouldn't do. Like, no, that's completely not right. right. You you have to watch it to see it to kind of fully right. understand it. But they right. do such a great job at that. Also, other than being like a psychotic psychopathic killer. Billy was a terrible boyfriend. For sure. Yes. Like awful. that whole scene where he's basically like, I'm really sorry that your mother died horrifically a year ago, but like, why won't you have sex with me? Yes. Yeah. Like, like, literally, like, I'm sorry your mom died, but my mom <laughs> left my dad. And it's, uh, that's basically, you got to get over it. That's basically the same thing. That's basically the same thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, your mom left. She didn't die, mm -hmm. Billy. Right. Oh my God. That oh. whole scene, I was just like, what? But I mean, and here, and you can, this is, you know, tell me if I'm out of line here, um, but this is true of high school students sure. in general. Oh, 100%. Mm -hmm. They don't make the best decisions. No, they don't. And they, they can't comprehend, some, like, long-term decision-making. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and, <laughs> you look at this movie and you're, you know, Randy, nice guy, funny. Right. He really wants to be with Sydney. Right. But she wants the bad boy. You of know, course the one, she does. You know, of course she does. You know, that, right. it's not the best decision, but that's, right. you know, that's usually how yes. it goes, though. Yes. And I mean, t like most teenagers don't again don't think in the long term. So he's they like, don't. "It's been a year, like mm -hmm. get over it." Mm -hmm. It's like you're lucky. You're in high school. You're lucky it lasted a year. I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> oh man, yeah, oh yeah, it's so funny. And then Stu and Tatum have this kind of like weird relationship. Like they're kind mm -hmm. of your typical like they're probably together one week, they break up the next week, and then they're together. Yep. You know, but she clearly has no idea that he's also a psycho so yeah. it's like it's it's really interesting it was like their friendship dynamic obviously you don't get into it a lot but i don't know it's just like i would i know like would i know if mm -hmm. not just my boyfriend but like two of my closest friends were crazy like it's and it's well, odd to say and like killer crazy talking <laughs> about like his girlfriend though like something i really like about all of the characters in this is it's not traditional in the way that some older horror movies would be like, oh, it's like the dumb girl that's just so stupid that she doesn't catch anything and everything else. It's like, right. no, like both all these characters are given like credibility to be real people. And right. it's not just some like, 
Well, here, I don't know. Here's the thing. Sydney I don't want to say something stupid. Sydney but. is not a damsel in distress. No, no, not at all. She is not ever portrayed as a helpless girl who had no... Like, no. She is legitimately... Like, she holds her own. She's a fighter. I mean, she's... I, I mean, when I say survivor, I mean, she survives this, obviously, mm-hmm. but not because she had to be saved by... Yep. Like, it was a group effort, yes, but she was not helpless on her own. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. she made... I mean... She escaped Billy and Stu when they were literally right there in front of her. Right. Like, they were so busy stabbing each other, she saw the opportunity to move around, right. hide, get into the, you know, the ghost face right. costume and, you know, attack them or whatever. I mean, so Sydney portray- is portrayed as literally, like, a hero in this movie mm-hmm. because she is. Right. Yeah. And even Tatum, like, I feel oh, like she, again, she puts yeah. up a it'd be easier mm-hmm. to make her like the dumb blonde, right? For but sure. she's clearly a really good friend. Mm-hmm. She seems very emotionally intelligent with like what Sydney is going through. Yep. She puts up a heck of a fight she in does. that garage, you know? And I like, I really like how all these characters are well-rounded yes. for the most part, mm-hmm. instead of just being, you know, like, well, you got the jock you mm-hmm. got the dumb girl. You you know, like, yeah. it's it's all, I, I think it's all really, really well done. One thing, I, the other thing that I really think aged really well here um, is the portrayal of Woodsboro being a small town. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. when you see uh, the sheriff and Dewey walk in the streets, I feel like they're walking in, like, Selma or Kinley. Right. Or, like, Pine Level or something, you know, something with, you know, just some small shops there. Um, you know, they kind I of love when the sheriff takes a cigarette break and yeah. Dewey has the ice cream. Ice cream break, yes. <laughs> I was waiting because they keep going back and forth. And again, this is me where I've watched so much of the spoof movies in that time period that whenever the sheriff put his cigarette out on the floor, I kept waiting for Dewey to throw his ice cream cone down and like stomp it out. Right. Because it was in my brain. It's like, does that happen? I can't remember. They're mimicking each other right now. Is this right. going to happen? And then it yeah. didn't. Yeah. I also, honestly, halfway through the movie, thought that Dewey was going to end up being the killer. Mm. Like, I thought he was going to have this sort of, like, flip persona where he was like, no one in this town takes me seriously. Mm-hmm. And they're going to see, like, what I can do. And I, honestly, almost, like, I really thought David Arquette was going to be well, was, the killer. Ahead. I was going to say the really cool thing. You mentioned about, like, having your closest friends turn out to be serial killers or whatever. They explore that dynamic mm-hmm. in Scream 2. Um, where you have returning characters who survived this, and right, think have, how horrific you have the Sid- aftermath. You have of Sydney. This. Uh, the second one is takes place when they're in college. Okay, you have Sydney who is dating, but can't really fully trust her boyfriend because her bo- her yeah. last boyfriend mm-hmm. turned into for obvious reasons. Right, you have like Randy, you hanging out with a bunch of friends um, who, again. You don't know if your friends are killers or not. Right, right. You know, especially with more killings happening on the college campus, you don't trust anybody. And um, so, like, they explore that dynamic of, like, who who do you trust? Who can you trust? Right. And then the idea that it could even be one of the original survivors is brought Mm -hmm. up because of the trauma they may have gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like, Dewey and and Randy have, you know, this this, uh, conversation – um, which th- they played this whole conversation in the trailer for that movie, which is really awesome. I'll show it to you when we get off. Um, but Dewey's like, you know, Dewey's like, if you're a suspect, I'm a suspect. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's move on. <laughs> so, okay. Well, now that so, we've established that. So, what were you going to say, Kyle? Well, like Dewey is the one character that stands out a lot to me in comparison to the old scary movie spoof movie. 
because he is a very prominent character in the spoof, and he is very like Doofy. He is. Yeah, that's his name, Doofy. And so they so much make fun of him that it made me really watch David Arquette's character in this to see is he that crazy or like, or is this so much just overdone in the other one? And it made me make it look at him at least try to take him more seriously in this time Mm -hmm. because he was so much made fun of in the other that I really paid more attention to him this time. And the thing is too, like. David Arquette himself as an actor put so much into all these that he pretty much couldn't find a job forever after this because it's like, you know, he's a professional wrestler now or semi, whatever. But he, he went through a lot really of this. He was really good. He was. Yeah. And, and a the lot character of these, was actually a good cop. Absolutely. It was. You know? Um, and he turns out to be like, as the movies progress, like right. really credible And he's as a also cop like funny. Like when he yeah. was like, I was 25 for a whole year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I well, love the dynamic between Tatum and Dewey too, mm-hmm. where like they're clearly siblings, and Tatum's like, "Come on, Dewey!" And yeah. he's like, "What did Mom tell you? When I wear the badge, you treat me like a man of the law." <laughs> well, I love to janitor's that. your superior, Dewey. <laughs> I love how like his relationship with Sydney is too, where mm-hmm. he's like, he knows obviously he's grown up with you know her he, right. being like his sister's best friend for right. a very long time, and whenever he's nice to her or very protective of her. You also don't get the weird, creepy vibe of like, oh, he's trying to hit on her or save no, her to do he this. He is literally a protector. He just cares. Yes. Like he, yes. he cares, and it was never presented as something creepy. No, and so I really like that about. Which him. honestly, if they had turned it on his head and him being the killer, that would have really thrown. Like, sure. Oh my goodness. Right. So. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh my gosh, what if it's him? I did suspect everyone at some point. Yeah, I mean, for sure. The yeah. only yeah. person you don't suspect is Sydney. Yeah. Like really. So I mean, everyone. I was like, else, what if it's Randy because Randy wants her for himself? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he and he's a big horror movie. But, yeah. I mean, he knows the rules. Um, like they literally, yeah, he knows the rules. They they literally pointed the fingers at every possible character. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, it could have been Gail Weathers who. Yes. You know, she thinks Cotton was framed, so she's trying to get back at Sydney. Well, she's also right. writing a book, yeah, and so how? Book, and she so. already said like. What would happen if I, you know, freed a man from prison for wrongfully? Can, can, how many copies of the book could I sell, exactly. you know? So it's like, how much of a book could you sell if you literally killed a bunch of people and then wrote a book about it, you know, from a different person's perspective or whatever? You could have been, like, even, like, the sheriff, whenever he puts a cigarette, you see the black boots. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, that's I didn't right. Get that. like, I, I was like, oh. What if it's the sheriff? What if it's the sheriff mm-hmm. for some reason? I don't know what his motive would be. But then again, like they say, motive. Who needs mm-hmm. motive? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is motive? Anyway. Um, so yeah, um, I, oh, ultimately just, I, I felt like this was, y'all understand why I love this movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Like, um, and I really like with the spooky season, you know, coming upon us, the Halloween season mm-hmm. upon us, I really want y'all to watch two, three and four. I probably I'm will. I'm sure I will. Yeah. yeah. Just because I want to see y'all's reactions if y'all haven't mm-hmm. seen them. So. I know I've seen them, but it's it's been even longer since I've seen them than probably I've seen the first yeah. one. So. And then, yeah. we, then in January, we can go watch Scream 5 together. We can. Oh, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ivy doesn't like scary movies, so she probably won't go. Okay. But, um, it's a different style of movie, though. Like, yeah. It's, there's some comedy in there. She may come. Honestly, I think that I, you know, I say I don't like horror movies anymore because they've just gotten so like bloody and gross. Mm-hmm. And so it was nice to go back to something that sure. was still scary without being like really truly disgusting you know like this wasn't this was it had some jumpy moments mm-hmm. it had some like gore a little bit but it was just really good it wasn't too much yeah was there anything that you like would nitpick about this movie or anything that aged poorly or um just observations that you know like i'll, I'll just go ahead and say like one of mine is the principal 
like played by the Fonz. Right, yeah. Not the best principal, in my opinion. No. Mm. You know, like he kind of, he, you know, Sydney walks into the room and he kind of puts his hand on her. He touches mm. her chin. He, he does, yes. Yeah, that's I that mean, weirded me out. Mm. That's I started suspect, su- like, suspecting I him of something. You got the two students who were you know running up and down the hallway in the costume, and he threatens to cut them open. And he oh yeah, he like, like with the scissors. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. It's just, I, yeah, yeah. He, he says he fairness would be to weird... rip your insides out and hang you from a tree. Yeah, like he literally like yeah, like, he had some weird moments. But then so, but I will also contrast that with they make the announcement at the party. Principal was the principal's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, gutted in the school. Right. And they found his body hanging from the goalpost. How do they all respond? We gotta go see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, like, everyone leaves yeah. the party to go oh, see man. it. And I was like, wow, Poor, they must have really guy. They must have really hated him. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's that part too, though, with it being a scary movie. It's part of the writer's job to make you constantly think about other people. So, I totally agree. Like, he's a horrible principal. Definitely does some really weird things. But it does make you think for a second, like, what if he is the guy? Like, for a split second, now you're thinking it's him. Right. Versus otherwise, you may not have. I don't, I mean, obviously the fashion didn't age well. Mm. Cellular phones. Yeah, <laughs> that, Cellular yeah. phones. Um, I don't, could, I mean, it, could we have cloned the phone, maybe? Hmm. I mean, that, that was literally a line in the movie, like, could they have cloned his phone? I don't know, we're looking into it. Yeah, I was like, I don't even think was that technology available in the nineties? Sure Maybe it was. to the Maybe. NSA, but I, anyway, I yeah, there wasn't. I couldn't find anything like really egregious mm. that wasn't like just a product of its time. Yeah, you know. And I would say too, like it's the same way if you go back and watch any old movie, especially some of those things. At least like with cell phones or stuff, because back you go back and watch like old Halloween, like before some of that stuff existed, it's even more like, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? But so if you're young now and you're going and watching it, sure, there's probably going to be some things that you're like, well, that seems stupid or that seems dumb. But I think if you just go into it like a clear mindset and not so much think about like it's happening today and more so during its time period, I don't think there's anything you like with that. And, this, and that is for me coming from a kid that from that time period that loves just seeing that type of thing. I really think it's still overwhelmingly is a great movie where you can just go watch it. Right. And those small things don't necessarily get you. Sure, yeah. you may look at it as a teenager now, and say like, look at that cell phone or cellular phone. Like, why doesn't everybody have one? Right. You know, but if you can allow Everybody's yourself to get past that, sheriff. yeah, if you can allow yourself to get past that, like, I think you still like the movie in general or as a whole. You're still going to be constantly, who's the killer? Who's this? Is this person? Um, that person? I will say there was one moment because I know they were trying to do like nods to other horror mm-hmm. films, and for the most part, I thought they worked it in really well. Like a mm. lot of like talking about the rules, True. having. Um, Halloween actually be playing and mm-hmm. talking about Jamie Lee as like the scream queen. Mm-hmm. But the one, the one that really kind of like took me out. And I think it's because scary movie ended mm-hmm. up coming out later yeah. is when the principal goes out in the hallway, he hears a noise and the janitor whose name is Fred is dressed like Freddy Krueger. It's pro- played by Wes Craven. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a little much for me. Yeah. Like that was almost kind of like a weird stutter step where yeah. I was like, that almost seems too, not too meta, but like too campy. Like it, it got yeah. campy for just a hot second. And I was like, mm. I mean, they were doing a pretty good job of like being meta and working it in. But I think that one, I know it was so Wes Craven could have a cameo and, and it was really funny, but I, I was like, that almost seemed like, like too, much. too much. Like you lost the tone for like a hot second. And like I said, I think that does, or like you said, I think that goes with how scary movie came out. 
where they nitpicked and like pulled those things out to make them huge or like those type of things. Right. So if we had never seen all these spoof movies of horror movies, I don't know if it would have done the same, but it definitely had that moment of like, oh, huh, that's what this is. And that's Freddy Krueger, huh? But, and it definitely takes you out of the movie for a moment. So I get yeah. that. So here's a off the cuff question. Okay. We didn't talk about this. We're in the scary movie. We're in Scream. Okay. Mm-hmm. Where, where do we fall in the roles? Which one of us is killed early? Which one of us makes it to the end? Which one of us might be the psychopath killer? Which one of us, you know, dies in the middle of the movie? Like, where do you think that each of us fall in the roles of this movie? And I'm going to start with Ashby. I, I'm probably Tatum. You're probably Tatum. You know, like, I'm not the heroine, uh, but I make it, like, to the midway point. Don't kill him, Mr. Ghostface. I want to be in the sequel. sequel. Yeah. Mm. You would say that. Which, by the way, also, again, talking about red herrings that aren't red herrings, Mm -hmm. she's like, Stu, is that you? You like being funny? Yeah. And actually, it probably was Stu. Yeah. You know, like that that was a really interesting scene, too, Mm -hmm. where you're like, well, she's actually ended up being right. Mm -hmm. You know? So, yeah, I I would probably be Tatum. I'd, I'd make it midway, like solidly midway through the movie, and okay. then I would die fighting for my life. Where would the me and Colin land? Um, oh, I'm going to let her kill us off. I'm sure. Like, I I think Kyle... Uh, I think Kyle survives. I think, I Kyle's, think Kyle I think Kyle, survives. I think Kyle's yeah. Randy. Kyle, I think Kyle Kyle's, is Randy. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think Kyle... Well, no, I I, I think Kyle... Survives. I think Kyle's more like Dewey. Okay. Like you think you saw him die, mm. but like through sheer force of will, he survives his wounds. I think you're more like Randy. Uh, I think you make it almost to the end of the movie, and then while you're trying to tell someone to be careful, you get killed from like behind. Well, Randy doesn't die. And you're like, oh no, Eric. Randy doesn't die. Yeah, but you do. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> he pushes the knife a little bit harder. Yeah, you. yeah. I, I, I would be the guy quote like watching the movie and be like, "Come on!" Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. I get he's that. right behind you, mm-hmm. and then like, right. yeah. Cool deal. Cool deal. <laughs> just, just not to take us out of this, but for one second, that's one thing we didn't talk about is in that moment where they're watching the live feed in the right. van. There's a thirty second. Delay. There's a thirty second delay. How awesome is that to be like? To think that far through as you're writing a movie to yes. be like, oh, God, we got to help them. Or like, you know, they're right. coming. And it's like, well, actually, that happened 30 seconds ago. And right. now he's here. So, yes. I don't know. I thought it was good. So, Eric, what do you think? Um, My first thought was that Ashby was Sydney. Same. Mm. Like, I thought the same. She's okay. a fighter. You know, she's not someone to take anyone's BS. I mean, that, that also lines up with Tatum, too. But I feel like Ashby's a survivor. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like I'm killed in the first scene. Like I'm, I'm the boyfriend who gets killed on the on the pool deck. <laughs> Imagine though, you've got flowers. Like you're really happy to see your girlfriend. Yeah, and I'm Stephen Orr. Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry. It's like, ee, ee. I'm barely mentioned in the rest of the films. I mentioned one time in the that's second right. film, and that's it. Um, Poor guy. And then with Kyle, Kyle's interesting. I, I I still think he's Randy. I think he's the nice guy. He's the good guy. Um, but I think he survives this film. I, I do. Um, that or Kyle Stu. It really could go either way. Yeah. Depends on the day. It really That's does. True. It really yeah. does. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really Kyle glad. would be the psychopath that was like literally You had no idea. Dying. And he's like, literally. My, my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. 
Good stuff. Well, um, y'all think highly of me, like for myself. I think I probably pass out or die of a panic attack in the first scene. <laughs> like, there's a guy on the house. I'm panicking at that point. He shows up with a knife. He probably doesn't even stab me. I just hit the ground. See, like, there's characters in these sequels the that I feel like you line up yeah. with better than you do in the first movie. Maybe. I don't know if I make it there, though, because I literally think, like, he probably stabs me after this, I'm dead. The guy, on like, the floor. appears in, like, the full door. Yep. And he goes, like, oh, God, it's happening. And yep. then he just, like, falls down. <laughs> There's that I would probably like throw things at him and try to fight, but at some point I'm giving up and just dying myself. Like, look, you don't have to do anything. Let me just hit the floor, then yeah. stab me. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> Kyle just like slowly dying of like a panic attack on the kitchen floor as the popcorn like pops out yeah. of the thing onto him into my mouth yeah. like, as I'm dead. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it'd go either way. I'd either die that way or like my adrenaline would kick in and I would just go like nuts. Yeah. And I probably have a lot of, of stab wounds. I think Ashby definitely makes it. That was my first thought, too, was she's Sydney. She's going to give, like, I can see Ashby getting the phone call in her house and being like, okay, screw you. Right. Hang up the phone. I right. don't care who you are. You're not scaring me. Whatever. And just not deal with it. I feel like you are. I feel like Eric makes it. Or at least towards the end, anyway. I feel like you're not a person that dies early because you think really good about things or, like, deep into things. So I think you're going to really think a lot into this. Not many you're going to figure it out because multiple times we were all wrong in this movie. But, like, I think you're going to be it's more true. aware of what's happening. You're not going to yeah. be one that's like, let's all get together and party. Because you're like, no, people are dying here. I'm going to sit at home and figure this out. <laughs> and you're coming with me because I'm not doing this by myself. Like, So I feel like you may lead a whole crew of people to live longer. I'm not sure. I'll be the, the, the group that doesn't go to the party. And the next day is like, oh, half our classmates are dead. See what you get? Yep. <laughs> I told y'all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it says it right here in the rules. <laughs> yep. Alcohol, drugs, dead. Oh, mm -hmm. so good stuff. Good stuff. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about the fourth rule that yes. they that they sort of talk about, but he doesn't make it an official rule. But I think it becomes one in later movies. Yes. Headshots only. Headshots only. Yes. Yes. You you, you can't kill the right. killer. Mm -hmm. Right. By just stabbing them or shooting them, you've got to hit them in the head. Yes, mm -hmm. at least. or like decapitation or something. Yeah. yeah, fire, drowning, none of that works. No. Yeah. Yep. And that plays in that plays a role. Yeah, and then I mean, Sydney's like, "Cool, boom, headshot." Mm -hmm. Not in my movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what a boss! What a boss! <laughs> and she only gets bossier as the films go yeah. on. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, you know. You got to with everything look, else. If I kept surviving with. that kind of mess, I mm -hmm. would be like, "Look, listen to me. Yeah. I got this." Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, do do y'all have uh, fun facts? I've no. got a couple. Okay, I, 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 I do too. Um, you mentioned Scary Movie earlier. Uh -huh. The original title of Scream was Scary Movie. It was. So that's where you know the parody film got its name from was Scary Movie. But they were listening to um, the Michael Jackson song Scream, and they both liked the title for the horror movie. Okay. Um. Eric reminded me of this last night because I'd forgotten all about it. But a couple years ago, we were at NC Comic Con and Henry Winkler was there, the Fonz. Mm -hmm. um, and he got brought up like he doesn't have any credits in this movie. And they said the reason why was because they didn't like Happy Days was still on reruns, everything else. Everybody knew him as the Fonz. And so they didn't want his face or his name anywhere related with the movie where either people were going to think it's a funny, cheesy movie because it's the Fonz or also take away from anybody like to people not to take it serious and think it's the guy from Happy Days. It's the Fonz in this movie. So he has no credits in this movie at all. Um, we watched to the end. 
Um, and I think the director or someone even said, or maybe even Henry Winkler said, like at the end of the movie, because the, all the main characters, they do their little like flashcard where it's like so-and-so played by so-and-so, you know, they said they didn't want you to go through everything you just went through. And then all of a sudden the principal played by the fonts, like, hey. you know, they didn't want that connection yeah. there. Like he's there in the movie and you get it, but you may not, it doesn't pull you out versus advertisement wise. They did not want him anywhere near any yeah, pictures, anything yeah. like that. And his name's not attached to it at all. So cool. another fun fact I have uh, Drew Barrymore, we talked about mm -hmm. how she was all over the marketing. Part of that's because she was Sydney. She was originally mm -hmm. cast as Sydney. And she changed her mind five weeks before production was set to begin. She's, she suggested she play Casey um, to subvert audience expectations that a star of her statue would survive the movie. Because she knew, like, well, if Drew Barrymore's in this, of course she's going to make it the whole way through. Mm -hmm. um, would be the expectation. She's like, no. Um, let's turn it upside on its head. And they went with it. Mm -hmm. um, so then they immediately started approaching other actresses before they landed on Neff Campbell. Um, but Brittany Murphy, Reese Witherspoon, Alicia Watt were all kind of considered for that role. Um, but Drew Barrymore, she worked for five days of production, and that was it. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it turned out to be a master, master move. So, um, For what I saw, it said Scream was partially inspired by a real-life event. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. The writer, Williamson, was saying, I was watching this Barbara Waters. Oh, no, we're dead. Wow. No, we're good. Uh, it said, I was watching this Barbara Waters special on Gainesville, Florida murders. Um, and CNN back in 19, uh, that doesn't make sense. No, he told them in 1998. Sorry. My little interview clip from MTV was wrong. It says, I was getting so spooked. I was being scared out of my mind during the, during the commercial break. I heard a noise and I had to search the whole house. I went to the living room and a window was open and I'd been in this house for two days and I'd never noticed that the window was open. So I got really scared. I went to the kitchen, got a butcher knife, got the mobile phone and I called a buddy of mine. Um, he said that buddy of his being David Blanchard, and he started screaming or started asking him about scary movies, and the opening scene of Scream was born. Um, one thing led to another. I went to bed that night so spooked. I had nightmares, and I woke up at 3 or 4 in the morning and started writing the opening scene to Scream. Cool. Last yeah, there's some really good, just FYI, if you're mm -hmm. interested, there's some pretty good podcast about that. It's the Gainesville Ripper. Yes. Um, and if you are interested in, like, the real-life you know, case sure. of that, you can find some really good one-off podcasts to explain that situation. Um, the last fun fact I have is that they were originally going to shoot at, at a high school in Santa Rosa, California, um, Santa Rosa High School, um, but they got approval from the school's administration beforehand, but then the school board banned the production weeks before the shoot began over concerns that the script glorified violence. They literally, I think, put in the credits, no, you know, usually they thank you to so-and-so, mm -hmm. thank you to so-and-so, they literally put no thanks to the Santa Rosa High School City School <laughs> Board. <laughs> I mean, wow. Wow. Yeah. So, so. Um, the only other thing, it was something that I thought about while watching it last night, was where did this mask come from? Uh, was it a pre-existing thing? Was it not? Uh, like, you know, because you have all other horror movies, you know, or other horror characters that have these specific masks. So, like, Ghostface, where did he come from? So I looked it up, and it said one of the producers, when they were um, scoping out different places for the movie to be uh made at they came across this mask in one of the locations uh and so they brought it back to west craven's attention they really liked it because before in the the script it was just written a person with a mask on or like a ghost-like mask or something but they found this mask they really liked it and i guess they started working with the company to see because it was all it was was a standard halloween store mask that a certain company made um in like a horror line of masks that they made for halloween time 
And so they went and tried to make a deal with that company. I think they'd already started making the movie at that point. So what they had done was taken the mask and made their own version of it where they changed just enough of it to not get sued for it. They later on made the deal with the company and were able to use it for the rest of the movie. But if you go back and watch the opening scene with Drew Barrymore, the mask is slightly different than the rest of the movie. And the same way when Principal, when Henry Winkler's in there, that mask is slightly different as well, where that was one of the ones that the, I guess, prop company or whatever had made. Uh, but the rest of the movie, they just use the mask. And I think going forward in the other movies, the same company, the production company, they bought those masks from them. Or not production, but the just Halloween mask makers. And then I think they did say like the robes and everything, the actual seamstress and stuff for the company did make I think it says like $700 or so per robe per character or however many they had because I think they sewed in they said like almost like reflective or silver like really bright pieces in it so that when light hit it it would glow a little bit or do things so either way it was an actual just Halloween mask that huh. became iconic because of this movie so good stuff cool anything else we want to add on Scream I think we're good I hope y'all watch Scream 2 Scream 3 and Scream 4 soon so we can talk about it y'all this was a scream. Ha-ha. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. Roll credits. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Well, as always, we want to thank Ricky Lyles for his uh, his contributions to our podcast. And we want to thank you, the listener, for coming back and listening to us. Hopefully you enjoyed this podcast. And you're enjoying everything we're doing with pop culture in our holiday season. Um, until next time. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. <laughs> See you next time on the What the What Podcast! What the What? Ah! Bye! Bye.